Passion for God and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching people with Jesus. This is Crosswinds Church. And now, here's Pastor Kurt Truxas. My name is Kurt, if you're new, and I'm one of the pastors. It's great to have you. We're in a series right now where we're looking at the topic of spiritual fitness. What does it mean for us to be a healthy Christian? What does it look like to live a healthy Christian life? And for this series, we've looked at the fact there are six W's in a healthy Christian life. Six key words or six key areas that all begin with the letter W that help describe what a healthy Christian looks like. And because repetition is the mother of all learning, if you want to learn something, you have to go over it more than once. At the beginning of this series, I've been working through these six W words to remind us of this, hoping that some of these things will stick with us and we'd remember it. So if you have your sermon outlines, take them out. We're going to look at these six W's again. First of all, a healthy Christian has the word in their life. A healthy Christian knows God through the applied word of God under the direction and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. For us to be healthy in our walk with Jesus, we're in God's word more than just on Sunday when we're at church. We need to take God's word, we need to open it during the week on our own. Maybe it's just reading a chapter, maybe it's reading more than a chapter. But when we read God's word, it's amazing how God's Holy Spirit will take either a verse of what we're reading or a story that we're reading and he'll all of a sudden start to apply that in our life. And we'll say, you know, I needed that. I needed to hear that. God, thank you for that. We get our highlighter out. We highlight that. We want to remember it. That is God using his word to create, sustain, and grow our spiritual life. So the healthy Christian is in God's word all the time. Secondly, the second word is W, worship. A healthy Christian manifests a lifestyle of worship and prayer based on close daily communion with God. We learned that worship for the Christian life, you remember, is like breathing for human life. I hope you breathe all the time. It works better that way. And a healthy Christian prays all the time. That may be in their heart. That may be out loud. That may be alone, or may that may be with their friends. That may be just because they're thankful because God has been good to them, or that's because they're desperate because they may need help. We pray all the time over everything. That's what a healthy Christian does. We also saw that for the healthy Christian, uh, they have worship as a regular part of their life. Worship does not mean just what we do on Sunday when we get a chance to maybe sing, but worship is the way we live every day of the week from Monday through Saturday in the choices we make and what's important on how we live that's the way we worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We also learned that when we give God things, we always, because our God is the best, we always give him our best because that's what he deserves. The next W word is warmth. A healthy Christian engages in meaningful life-on-life relationships that reflect the love of God and leave people impacted and changed. Were you here the day we talked about that message, warmth? It was negative 12 degrees. By warmth, we're not talking about temperature warmth. 
This is talking about relational warmth. Healthy Christians are known for their love for one another. We genuinely care about our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're genuinely interested in our brothers and sisters in Christ and their life. We make time for them and we enjoy time with them. So church is to be a very warm place. It's your family and it should feel like family. And the world, when it's out there, when they come into the church, they should be drawn to the church like someone is drawn to a fire on a, war- on a cold day. They say, man, these people are different. Look at the way they love one another and look at the way they love me. I want to come back and warm up relationally. The next W is the word witness. A healthy Christian lives under the commission of Christ to, grow, to win and grow disciples, integrating outreach into all aspects of their life. We looked at this last week. That a healthy Christian does not just keep the good news of Jesus to themselves, even if it costs them, even if they have to suffer for it, they share it with the people that are around them because they love the people around them. And even if they don't have all the answers for the tough theological questions, they can always share their witness, their story. Hey, I know what I was like before Christ. I know what I happened when I met Christ. I know how Jesus has changed me now that I've come to Christ. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it because God has changed me. I don't have all the answers, but I do have that. Healthy Christians share their witness. The next one is works. A healthy Christian builds up the body of Christ through their spiritual gifts and passions. This is the one we're going to look at today. And then next week, we'll look at the last one, which is wisdom. A healthy Christian manages their skills, their money, and their time, putting them under the lordship of Jesus. Today is the Super Bowl. Anybody planning to watch that? A couple people? Okay. I was a little disappointed. I went to Walmart looking for jerseys. Walmart did not have any Eagles or Chiefs jerseys. So I guess they figure we're not too interested in those teams out here. But the truth is that the Chiefs and the Eagles both are very good teams. Amazing athletes on both of the, the, the teams. The victory is going to come down to which team has players that know their positions and can play their positions well. And when they play their positions, can they function together with the rest of the team being a unit, functioning as one? Now, if you have a team where you have somebody who's out there, they may be really gifted, but if they don't know their position, it's going to cost them big time in that game. And if you have somebody who's going to choose not to run by the playbook, just do their own thing, you'll see it this afternoon. It'll be costly. And I thought about that. You know, the church is a little bit like a football team. God has given us individual positions to play. He's gifted us to play different positions. And when we play our positions well, and when we function with the rest of our church, and we use our positions in our church, and we function as one, we do well. Well, We actually have a victory. Now you say, well, what kind of victory do we have when we all function together as one using our gifts and skills? For football today, 
it's going to be the title of the NFL or the Super Bowl champions. That's nice, but quite honestly, by next year, you'll probably forget who they are. But for a church, we have a much greater prize. What the Bible tells us is that when we work together as the church and we use our gifts together as the church and we function as one, the result is everyone in the church starts to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, that is a prize that lasts and that is a prize worth fighting for, becoming like Jesus. So this morning we're going to look at spiritual gifts and how what they are in the Bible and the importance of using them and ultimately how God uses our gifts that we use to serve one another to in turn make all of us become more and more like Jesus our Savior. So if you're using your outlines, let's start with question one or point one. By the way, there's about 13 of them here, but we'll go through them quickly. Uh, what are spiritual gifts? 1 Corinthians 12.1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Paul doesn't want the Corinthians to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. He wants them to know how they work and how God, um, how God uses them in the body. But he doesn't want us also to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. He wants us to understand them. He wants us to use them. And it's interesting where he says this little phrase, I do not want you to be uninformed. That phrase shows up a couple other times in Scripture, and when it shows up and Paul's using it, he's using it right before he says something that is a core principle of the Christian faith. Not a periphery thing, but a core thing. In other words, finding our gifts, understanding our gifts, and using our gifts is a very core part of the Christian life. It's an essential part of health to the Christian life. So we need to understand that as we dive into this. Let me give you a definition of what spiritual gifts are. Uh, here's one I wrote down. A spiritual gift is any ability empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in ministry to build up the church. Now you may notice that's a rather broad definition of spiritual gifts. Some people give a more narrow definition of spiritual gifts. Uh, I want to give you a broader one. Any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit that he uses to build up the church. That includes the more supernatural gifts, as we're going to look at this morning, but it also includes the more mundane and ordinary gifts like leadership, encouragement, those are gifts that God gives. Second question, what spiritual gifts are mentioned in the Bible? What we're going to do is we're going to look at through some of the gift lists in the Bible, the places where lists of spiritual gifts are found. Before we go through those gift lists, I want to give a few um, just little disclaimer or some more information before we go there. Number one, you're going to notice that each gift list is different. In fact, not all the gifts are included in the lists. I think, well, I think prophecy is in all of them, but other than that, they're, they're all different. What this tells us is Paul, or if you want to say Peter in, in 1 Peter 4.11, is not trying to give us an exhaustive list of the only spiritual gifts that are out there. But when he's writing, what he's giving us is a sample. 
a representative list of some of the spiritual gifts that are out there. What this means is if you are not too sure, you see the way that God has gifted you in these lists, don't freak out. Because God can give people in a variety of ways to serve in his church. Secondly, uh, my favorite way to think about spiritual gifts comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, which I have in your outline. Let me read it to you. Peter says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God and whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Peter doesn't give a whole bunch of individual gifts. He just gives two broad categories. He says there are teaching gifts and there are serving gifts. And all of the gifts seem to fall into those two big buckets. The third thing I'd like to mention to you. As we look at these gifts, you're going to see that some are very ordinary and others are rather supernatural in nature. You'll things like, see things like speaking in tongues and miracles and healing. And as soon as we see those things in the gift list, the question that comes to our mind is, what about those more sensational gifts? Uh, where, why don't we have them? Or where are they? Or why aren't, they, why aren't we using them right now? And, and that could lead us down a whole rabbit trail on some of these more sensational gifts. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on answering that question right now because that's not the focus of today's message but I will say this much all of the gifts whether they're more sensational or they're more ordinary are gifts from God he is the one who chooses to give the gifts to people and he gives the gifts he wants to people and he gives those he gives those gifts to people in a church for the purpose of building other people up in the church. So if God doesn't think, say, that the gift of miracles is needed in that church for that church to grow healthy and strong, he may not give that gift. He'll give the gifts to us that he wants us to have and the gifts that we need to have so working together we can become more like Jesus. I'm not saying that the more miraculous gifts no longer exist. I'm not saying that at all. We know they were there in the first century. If you study missionary stories, you see sometimes these things happen in the mission field. Sometimes you see it happen in other churches in the States. But it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the supernatural gifts have to always be present in every church at every time. God gives the gifts he wants a church to have and that the people need. So let's go ahead and read through these gift lists. We'll start with 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and then he switches from talking about men to gifts. Then gifts of healing, that's pretty miraculous. Gifts of helping, that's pretty normal. Administrating, that's pretty normal. And various kinds of tongues. That sounds a little more sensational. Another gift list is found in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, the gift of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge, the gift of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. 
to another faith by the same spirit, the gift of faith. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. And to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Or in Ephesians 4.11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. Shepherding and teaching gifts, for instance. Romans chapter 12, 6 through 8. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service, that's pretty normal, in our serving. And the one who teaches in his teaching. And the one who exhorts in his exhortation. By the way, exhort simply means to encouragement, to encourage. It's the gift of encouragement. The one who contributes in generosity, that's the gift of giving. The one who leads with zeal, that's the gift of leadership. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, that's the gift of mercy. So the simple point I want to make is there's a variety of gifts, some more supernatural than others, but God is the one who gifts all of them and he is the one who empowers them in us. Third thing, We use our gifts to function like a body, or if you want to use the football analogy, to function like a team. When you come to the Corinthian letters and you look at the gifts that the people had in the church of Corinth, you find that they had a lot of these more miraculous gifts, uh, the gifts of healing and the, the gifts of tongues. These sensational gifts were really taking center stage. The people with the miraculous gifts were really running over the people that had the more ordinary gifts, and they were not valued. And Paul said, guys, you've got it all wrong. All of the gifts are important, not just some of the gifts are important. All of the gifts are given so we can work together as a body. Some parts of our body are more obvious. Some parts of our body are more visible. Some parts of our body are more hidden. But what part of your body would you like to take away? I don't think we'd like to lose any parts of our body. And some of those hidden parts of our bodies, like the ones inside here, are really important. You take them away and people will not be healthy at all. So it's not just about the upfront gifts. Often the the behind-the-scene gifts are really important. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, 27. You are the body of Christ, and individually, you're members of it. Jesus' body was here on earth, but when he went back to heaven, his body today on earth is the church. It is you, it is me, and we are designed to be Christ's body in our community. And when we function together and when we support one another and we serve one another, we are a healthy body. Just as the human body has different parts with different gifts, but all are connected together and all are needed, the church, each one of us has different gifts. We're different parts of the body. We're all connected together and we're all needed. The body has hands the body has feet, the body has a mouth, each with different gifts. 
and the church is made of different bodies and different parts and different gifts. But I want you to think of it this way. Did you notice every part of your body is not designed to serve itself? Every part of your body is designed to serve the rest of the body. And when your body parts do their job well, the rest of the body is healthy. Let's take the stomach, for instance. Now that's sort of one of those behind-the-scenes gifts. You know, it's, it's inside there. We don't see our stomach in action. But our stomach exists to bring food and nutrition to the rest of the body. The reason the hands are able to function well is because the, the, the stomach digests food. The reason your brain functions well is because the stomach digests food. The reason your feet function well is because the stomach digests food. So the stomach does not exist for itself. It exists for the rest of the body and to help the body be healthy and strong. Today in the church, we are Christ's body here at Crosswinds. And he's gifted us, made us different, shaped us different. And when we use our gifts, they're not there to serve ourselves. We use our gifts to bring health, strength, and life to the rest of the body. And everyone else grows to become more like Jesus in the body. Like game guys. You guys have gifts of games. I can't make all that kind of stuff. Now, if you were just going to do that all for yourself, would that be really fun? No. Right. But they use their gifts. And all these kids can't wait to come to church. All these kids can't wait to come to Awana and learn about Jesus because they have a wonderful game time. What a blessing to the body. You see how we use our gifts are built for others? Paul writes this in verses 12 through 13 of the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though, are actually, though many are forming one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Paul's point is, you guys are pretty diverse. The Jews and the Greeks don't usually get along with one another. Slaves and free people don't get along with one another but he's put you together in the body and you're all playing an important role and you're all connected together. At Crosswinds, some of us are old and some of us are young. Some of us are blue collar, some of us are white collar. All kinds of diverse shapes and gifts, but everyone is needed and everybody has a role to play for the body to be healthy. In verses 12, 14 through 16. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, oh, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. We all need one another, and we're all connected to one another. And then in verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, like where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? We all have an important role to play, and we're gifted to play those roles. Number four, we need other people in the church to use their gifts 
for us to become mature in Christ. We cannot become healthy and mature in Christ if we live on our own and we stay disconnected from a local church. We need to be in a local church. We need to find our gifts and serve in our local church. And when we do that, the entire church all at once starts to become more and more like Jesus. Isolation and independence doesn't bring that to you. Some people decide, hey, I'm just going to stay at home. I'm just going to press the play button. I'm just going to watch online. That's better than nothing. But you will not become a mature and healthy Christian. You need relationships. You don't just need to use your gifts, but you need to be blessed by other people's gifts. Isn't that true? Together, we become more like Jesus. You say, well, is that in the scriptures? It actually is found in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And what is their job? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, to get them involved serving one another. And what's the result? For building up the body of Christ. There's the maturity side. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The only way we can grow as tall in Christ as God wants us to be is when we're in the body and being built up by the body. That's the only way we can achieve what is our spiritual potential. Number five, the Holy Spirit empowers and gives spiritual gifts. This is where spiritual gifts come from. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. When we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit gives us at least one spiritual gift. It is his choice. He chooses what to gift us, whatever gifts he wants us to have. And the gifts he gives us, I really believe, are the gifts that are needed in the church, not gifts that are unrelated to the church where he has placed you. Because remember, gifts are not for us. They're to serve and help others mature. Here's another verse that says the same thing. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another, all kinds of different gifts, and God gives them to us when we become a Christian. Number six, spiritual gifts, by the way, do not equal spiritual maturity. Some people have those more upfront gifts, they have those more charismatic gifts, but just because they're gifted up front doesn't mean they're mature. Spiritual gifts are the way God uses us to serve other people, but spiritual maturity is a different thing. We all know people who are very gifted in Christ who are not that mature, or excuse me, very gifted in speaking, 
but are not that mature. We know people who are very gifted in worship, uh, but their lives are not admirable. But we also know people who have those behind-the-scene gifts, those ordinary gifts, those humble gifts, who are extremely godly people, extremely admirable people. They may not have the upfront gifts, but their maturity is extremely high. An example of this would be the Corinthian church. We've already seen they have like crazy amounts of spiritual gifts. The spectacular gifts we saw, tongues and healings and miracles. But they're walking over each other with these gifts. They're not serving one another. In fact, look how Paul addresses them. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. You may be super gifted, but you're acting like children. Oops, that hurts. Spiritual gifts don't equal spiritual maturity. But here's what I think is so encouraging. As soon as you leave the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians and you go to the 13th chapter, he says, I want to show you something that's far better than gifts. And that is love in the church. Love in the church between the people of the church is far more important than even the most spectacular gifts in the church. Look how he says this. But I will show you a more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, that sounds like a pretty spectacular gift, but have not love, I am just a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Or if I have prophetic powers, I can understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. More important than even the most spectacular gifts is people who genuinely love and care for one another in the church. And when there's love and care in the church, that's spiritual maturity in the church, isn't it? Here's another one. Point seven, spiritual gifts can be ignored. God gives every single one of us some kind of a gift. It may be a teaching gift. It may be a serving gift. But we can choose to ignore that gift. It won't necessarily go away. It won't become healthy. It won't become strong. But we can ignore it. In fact, we, in the Bible, we see a guy who chose to ignore his gift. His name was Timothy. Paul writes to Timothy about the importance of not ignoring his gift. 1 Timothy 4, 14. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And then when we get to 2 Timothy, Paul writes again, for this reason, I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Timothy God has gifted you. The body needs you. Stop ignoring your gift. Start using your gift and fan it into flames. Like develop it. Make it stronger. Improve it. So clearly we can ignore our gifts. I like 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, where it says, as each has received a gift, we've already seen that, everybody has at least one spiritual gift from God, Use it to serve one another. We're to use our gifts to serve others in the body. 
And then he says, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Did you realize that the gift you have is given to you by God? You are steward of that gift who will ultimately answer to God for what you have done with how the Holy Spirit is choosing to use you and empower you. One day we'll stand before Jesus and he'll say, I gave you that gift maybe to sing. I gave you that gift to encourage. I gave you that gift to serve and I helped you and I was committed to your success in that area. Did you use it or did you ignore it? What a sobering thought. Number eight, God gifts us to serve the church in a variety of ways. Earlier I said that the gift lists in the New Testament, I really believe they're sample lists. They're not exhaustive lists, giving uh, example. I don't believe they're all the gifts and the only gifts that God gives. And that is sort of confirmed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses four through six. Let me read that to you. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. The key word is what? Varieties. It's three times in there. There's all kinds of varieties of spiritual gifts, but God is the one who gives them and empowers them. There's a variety of ways to serve with your gifts. Maybe your gift is teaching. You could be teaching adults. You could be teaching children. You could be teaching in life group. You could be teaching on Wednesday nights. All kinds of variety of ways to serve. And then he says there's a variety of activities empowered by God. God gets behind a variety of things that are just simply activities. And he gets behind them and he empowers them and he's committed to the success of them. That may not even necessarily look like an official gift from God. You see how God does this? Number nine, spiritual gifts can vary in strength. Romans 12, six, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. Sometimes when we hear this talk about spiritual gifts, we think of spiritual gifts like a light switch. Like either you have the gift or you don't have the gift. It's either on or it's off. In reality, we should think of spiritual gifts more like a volume control ranging from 1 to 10. For instance, all of us are told to show mercy to other people. Just that many of us are probably on the level of 1 to 3. <laughs> but some people are more like 7 to 10 on that scale. They're really good at showing mercy. We're all told to show encouragement to other people. Some of us may be like three, four, and five. But there's others of us out there that are really gifted in that area and we're seven, eight, nine, and 10 in that gift mix. So gifts can vary in strength. Just because we don't necessarily have the gift of administration does not mean we do know administration, just that it may be harder for us while it's easier for other people. 
Number 10, spiritual gifts can be strengthened. 2 Timothy 1.6, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Spiritual gifts can be developed and they should be developed. So do not think that if you have a gift in an area that it's fully developed and fully formed. Maybe your gift is just the gift of serving and you like serving and you're trying to get better at serving and the more you serve other people, the better you become at serving other people. Spiritual gifts will always improve and strengthen over the passing of time when we use them. Number 11, I can ask for spiritual gifts. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. While it's true that God has given every single one of us at least one gift to serve others in the body and it's needed by the body, we can ask for spiritual gifts we don't necessarily have. Paul will say later, if you ask for gifts, ask for gifts that will build up the body, like gifts that are best for others. Sometimes God may give us those gifts if we ask them and pray for them. But you also need to realize God sometimes may say no. In my wisdom, I'm not going to give you that gift even though you want that gift. And that happened to me. Before we came here, we were, Cindy and I served a small church and we didn't have Awana. We wish we did. So we started a program called Club 345. Made it all up. Third, fourth, and fifth graders. Kids come. And we're going to uh, learn about Jesus and do songs and stories. The problem was that we didn't have anybody that could play the guitar and anybody that could sing songs. So I was praying about it. I said, okay, God, I can't play the guitar. I can't sing. Will you help me to play the guitar? Will you help me to sing? I'm trying to do it for the kids. I want kids to learn about Jesus. So I bought a guitar and I'm starting to play and I'm trying to sing and I kept practicing and I kept practicing and I sounded somewhere between a cross of a coyote howling in pain and a scratchy record. And you think that's untrue. Like before the first service, we meet in the back of the library and we're talking and Brett was over there and Brett says, hey guys, make sure that you mute Kurt during the singing time and make sure, Kurt, you turn off your, your sound pack because we've heard you before on the live stream and it does not sound good. I'm like, just confirming I do not have that gift. But quite honestly, I'm very thankful that other people do have that gift. Aren't you? Yes. And don't they bless us? Don't they encourage us in Christ when they use that, that gift, their worship gift? But all of us have those gifts. All of us have that potential to bless and encourage and mature others in Jesus. And this is so important. Number 12, behind the scene gifts are important. Oftentimes we think it's only the people with the upfront gifts. The most visible gifts are the significant gifts. That's not the way God has built his body. God has built the church that the most important people in the church are the people with the behind the scenes gifts in the church. 
So if you're here this morning and you think, well, it doesn't really matter if I serve or it doesn't really matter if I'm involved because I'm just sort of a, a nobody significant, you're completely wrong. That's not the way Jesus has built his body, the church. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 22 through 25. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts that are never up front are treated with greater modesty, which our presentable parts do not require. And then he says this, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. In Christ's body, which is the church, of which you are a part of, there is no such thing as unimportant gifts and unimportant people. Every single one of us is essential. And I'll say this again, the behind the scene gifts are some of the most important gifts. I see this happen on Sundays. I'll come out of here and I'll see some people in the back and they're talking. And you can see somebody's going through a hard time in their life. And the other person is listening to them and caring about them. And then after a while, they put their hand and they pray for them. And I guarantee you, when they walk out of here on a Sunday morning, they're not thinking about the worship time. They're not thinking a thing about my sermon. But they're thinking, man, I really needed that person who had the gift of encouragement, who listened to me, who prayed for me, and who loved me. That made my week. That's a behind-the-scenes gift, and that's an important gift. Last point, how do I discover my spiritual gifts? Well, at this point, some people like to say, oh, we need a test. If we just had a test, we could figure out my gifts. But why doesn't Paul ever give us a test? You notice that? He doesn't. He simply says this, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Just get involved. Or in 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, just use it to serve one another. The way to discover how God has gifted you to serve others in the church is simply just get involved somewhere in the church. Serving others, and I guarantee you that God will steer you into the place he wants you to be. It's like a ship. When it's sitting in port, you could turn that rudder all day long and it doesn't turn the boat at all. But once it gets moving, once it's set sail, then you can turn the rudder and it goes where it needs to go. When we are involved serving somewhere in the church, God will turn the rudder, steering you into the place he wants you to be where you can use your gifts and be a blessing and encouragement to others. So I say, simply, get involved. I thought to myself, how did I end up being a pastor? And how did I end up in Spirit Lake, Iowa? Boy, that's a strange story. It all goes back to a time right after college where a Jehovah's Witness tried to convert me. Let's just say it backfired. 
and I read his booklet, and then I read it in my Bible, and I saw they don't match up, and I really said, you know, this guy's not true, and I really wish I could tell somebody that it's not true. And then I have an opportunity to teach about seven to ten kids on a summer day in somebody's backyard after a pool party. My first time I ever taught a Bible lesson to some kids. And then I had a chance to teach another Bible lesson to some kids. And that eventually became a part-time job as a youth pastor, which later became a full-time job as a youth pastor, which eventually became a senior pastor position in a small church in Michigan, which eventually ended up bringing me here. And I thought, you know, it just meant just get involved. Just start serving. God will do the steering. He'll take you where he wants you to be and help you discover your gifts and let you be a blessing and encouragement to others. And in so doing, what happens is the entire body becomes more like Jesus. So many of you are already involved. Some of you are not involved. And here's what I'd like you to do. You'll notice that we put new cards in the pews and there's a yellow card in there called get involved. And take it out and put your name and your email address and just put down some areas of interest. Leave it in the pew. We'll have the ushers pick it up at the end of the service. I'll try to contact you this week and see if I could find a place for you to plug in at church. If you're somebody who likes to use the app, just go to the app, go to the Spirit Lake page of the app and click on the registration card and one of those boxes is I'd like to get involved. Click there and I'll follow up with you from the app. But it's when all of us are serving the body in the way that God has gifted us that we are healthy, that we are strong, and that we all grow together to become more and more like Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us gifts that are needed by others in the body. Thank you for not creating us to be people that live in isolation alone, apart from a community, but you've gifted us and placed us in churches, in communities that need the way you've gifted us. May we be a church of people that are not committed to coming and sitting, but a church of people that are committed to finding a way to serve. And in so doing, we become more like you, Jesus, and others do as well. And all God's people said, Amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. A complete archive of sermons can be found online at crosswinds.tv. Thank you for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.